drink is that orange high C. <laughs> that's where it's at. That's hilarious. It's true. And I think that's one of the few fast food places where that actually offers that. I know, right? Just like how Taco Bell has the Baja Blast. Oof. Mm. I haven't been to Taco Bell in a minute, but um, I remember for the longest time, literally, they had some sort of exclusivity deal where you couldn't get it anywhere else. You can't get like bottles or cans or anything of Baja Blast. You had to go to Taco Bell to get that shit. And I would go. And after a while, because now they have it in the stores, but they still don't have it at any other fast food place but Taco Bell. So Right. Mm-hmm. That's still the same. Now that I stopped drinking Mountain Dew, that's when they decided to offer it everywhere. Right. One of my fondest memories, I think, I think we stopped by Taco Bell leaving from mom and dad's to like your school, your university. I think we just grabbed a bunch of food and I got like the largest drink. I remember asking them too, like, what's the largest size that you can offer for a Baja Blast? And they're like, oh, we got like this uh, family cup. And I was like, oh, yeah, all right, we'll take that. And it was literally like a bucket, a KFC bucket with like a lid and a handle. And, a handle. and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> it was like a bucket, like straight up, like something that you would you would like take to the beach to like build sandcastles. Right. This lid was legit, though. This lid was not coming off. It was like sealed to the cup. <laughs> And then it had a built-in handle into the top of it. Yeah, like a like a like a sand bucket. Yeah, it was like a family size soda cup. It was hilarious though. I think when I drank like a fifth of it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't (laughs) doubt that. Another thing I wanted to bring up before we head into our movie, but it kind of has a little bit to do with the topic we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Can you? Talk a little bit about learning to drive for the first time. That was fun. When I was first learning to drive, I first got taught. I guess I would. I guess it would. It was in our old Sentra that was that would eventually become my car. That car was stick shift. In case nobody knows what that means, the young people don't know what that means. It's a manual transmission. Just teasing. But anyway, it's a stick shift, right? And my mom's trying to teach me how to drive stick shift in this car. She she doesn't really know. She doesn't know the English words for car terms. And I don't know the Japanese words for car terms. So it did not <laughs> translate and it didn't go well. Literally didn't translate. Yeah, literally. So <laughs> eventually I had a boyfriend at the time and he was a really good driver and he drove stick shift he drove all kinds of different cars like he would drive his grandparents around in their car he would drive his mom's car if she wanted to like send him to the store and then he had his own car that was also stick shift so he actually ended up teaching me how to drive stick shift better no offense to my mom i really got the hang of adapting to different clutches on that car that's true because i mean different different stick shifts different cars had different you know, like different clutch release, like pedal, like gas clutch release press, you know, patterns or whatever. And uh, with a manual transmission, every car literally feels different. Yeah, it does. It's true. Your training with mom was very stressful. Wasn't she like yelling at you? And she's like, get out of the street. You're blocking everyone's oh, probably, way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying like, oh, my God, that was a terrible experience. And she would take me to like someplace like Walmart where, you know, there's that one like when you turn into the parking lot, there's that hill and then you'd have to stop. There's a stop sign at there's the top a stop of the sign hill on the hill. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was very stressful because I was like, I'm going to roll in the person behind me and then I would stall and then I'd have to restart the car and then try again. Yeah, I actually had a very positive experience learning how to drive stick shift for the first time because you were the one that taught me how to drive. I don't even remember this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the same car. So in w- the area that you took me was actually perfect because it had a little bit of everything. So you took me up by Serrano Middle School. Yeah, that, that makes sense because um, that's actually where I had my very first experience driving. We got caught. Nadia took me to that, that same parking lot in her car and we snuck out. And I think we, we snuck out with her mom's car, actually. And she was just barely learning how to drive. Oh, damn. Um. You want to take us in? Okay. Welcome to Afflictionados Podcast, episode 34. New episodes drop on the first Saturday of each month, 5 a.m. 
Pacific. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube at Affliction Autos Podcast. So please give us a like and a subscribe. We also have merch. Find the link down in the descriptions of our episodes. My name is Stephanie, and the other voice occupying your head this time is Cenophile, Proud Dog Dad, and Tech Geek, my brother, Eric. How you doing? Here on Affliction Autos Podcast, we mainly talk about films that range from mind-numbing to mind-blowing. We also cover TV shows and other forms of media. Of course, we'll be getting into spoilers here, and there will be only the healthiest amount of expletives tossed in. You have been warmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been a while. If, I know. If you ain't ready, then get ready because in this episode, we will be discussing the action racing comedy Speed Racer, released in 2008, directed by the Wachowskis. Here we go. Is this our first Wachowski? No, we did a Cloud no, Atlas. No, we did Cloud Atlas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I did have to relook up how to pronounce Wachowskis because I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I always mess it up. I'll probably end I'm up not. calling them the Wachowskis. Yeah, right. So Speed Racer, based on the Japanese manga and anime series of the same name, created by Tatsuo Yoshida. It had been in development hell since 1992, believe it or not. Really? No way. It was a bunch of, you know, heart stops, basically. Like, they couldn't really get any momentum. Well, you know, I'm kind of glad that they did because I really like what the Wachowskis did with it. So interesting, interesting fact, I guess. Well, I guess not really that interesting, but last <laughs> night I was trying to watch this film and I completely fell asleep, but Andrew continued to watch it without me. Hmm. Watch the whole thing. He, you know, he had some, some points, you know, he's like, you know, I, I, I tried to wake you up. I wanted to talk about it and this and that. And he ended up, you know, throughout the day when I was working, he ended up like texting me this different, different points that he had that he probably would have brought up if he was on this podcast. Mm -hmm. But both of us can't be on this podcast at the same time ever because we have a bajillion kids. So <laughs> somebody has to take care of those little peanuts. Mm -hmm. You almost said something else. <laughs> <laughs> those darlings. Yes. <laughs> um, obviously, this movie is very stylized. And to be able to achieve the desired visual aesthetic, the uh, visual effects designer John Gaeta and effects supervisor Dan Glass developed a method of layering photographic and computer generated imagery that they described as <laughs> poptimistic photo anime. How else are you supposed to describe it? You know what I mean? That's that's the only way. Clearly. <laughs> I, yeah, I really I mean, obviously, from the very beginning, I really enjoyed the from the first time I saw it back in, you know, college. I really enjoyed the visuals. I really enjoyed the vivid colors, the vivid imagery, the vivid, just vivid everything, you know, and I, I enjoyed, you know, all the, like the motion lines and stuff like that. It's just oh, it's a beautiful. lot of fun. And I feel like that it, you know, it um, called back to its manga and comic origins. Well, and it, and it was just a lot of fun, you know, interesting oh, yeah. thing is that this movie is rated PG too much fighting. But I mean, it's, it's, I, I, my, my, what I'm saying is that is rated that low and, you know, it's not like, it's, it's interesting because I don't consider it a kid's movie, but it's rated PG, right? I feel like it's an adult movie calling back to your, you know, mm. your younger years. Well, it makes sense because the anime is so damn old that all the people that would have watched it are old now. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So we're the only ones that would get it. I think that was, that was actually one of Andrew's arguments is that is that it's a kid movie with adult, like an adult story, adult plot. It's actually pretty cool because what I like about it is that, especially with all the uh, the CGI and the colors and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and the humor, I would say, because the humor is kind of campy, it can appeal to kids, but also it throws a lot of stuff in there and like little nods back to the anime that the adults would probably be the ones to pick up on. So it's kind of cool that they got a little bit of everything, you know, like a little bit for the adults and the kids. Yeah, I agree. Um... I mean, I was saying that Andrew was saying that it's like a kid's movie with an adult plot or whatever, but he meant that kind of as a criticism. But I, I mean, I kind of disagree. I still think it's an adult movie. Like I said, that kind of calls back to simpler times, I guess. That, that reminds me of my younger years, I suppose. And I feel like it's something that I really found that, that I could enjoy. This movie is, it's kind of comedic and campy and 
that's kind of where it lives that's the, you know that's the charm of it yeah it kind of has that old that old timey kind of you know campy feel to it like an old 50s or kind of like an anime honestly yeah yeah you know this is essentially when i was describing it to my coworkers, i was kind of just telling them like this is basically like about as close as you can get to a live action anime other than like scott pilgrim yeah and in a lot of ways they do share a lot of similar visual effects yeah i agree also wanted to mention that uh back in the day when i was in high school didn't have any money much like a lot of kids probably do today i did bootleg some movies for you and dad and so i would kind of like make specific movies for you and then i'd make specific movies for dad um but you and dad both wanted this one so i actually made you guys two different versions of speed racer yeah uh, if anyone i mean maybe some people don't even have this experience anymore but you know when you pop in a dvd or blu-ray or whatever you get through like previews or whatever and eventually you get to a screen where it shows maybe like a little clip of the movie or whatever but it has like the play button and the scenes button and the subtitles button and you know you pick whatever you want to do from there so mm. that what what do you call it the title screen or something the like the dvd menu yeah yeah the menu screen you used to make those menu menu screen videos and then put those on your dvds too so it was like almost a legit movie oh my god and i used this like built-in windows movie maker and it was just ass you only really got like 10 templates to choose from so i would just kind of try to cycle between them and it was actually pretty cool so for dad when i made his speed racer i i had like the american lyrics going on for uh, the background music. And then for you, I changed it up and used the Japanese rap part for that menu. Yeah, video. I remember. That was awesome. Sprinkle a little of that uh, salt bay on top. <laughs> try to make it special. I still have it. Yeah, I don't know what happened. All the blue, the bootlegs that you made for dad, though. I don't remember seeing those when we moved all that stuff over here. They probably got tossed, honestly, because I don't think mom was going to be interested in watching any of those. Yeah, but she didn't toss any of dad's stuff, or at least not that stuff, you know? No. Oh. No, we took we took he she didn't touch any of the DVDs. We took all of them. So I don't know where he had the bootlegs. So we got Speed Racer played by Emil Hirsch. Uh, he's a young man whose life and love has always been about automobile racing. He just loves to race. It's it's in his blood. It's in his family. You know, his dad works on cars. His older brother raced. And that's, uh you know, that was his hero. Mm hmm. Speed's parents, Pops, played by John Goodman, and Mom, played by Susan Sarandon, run the independent racing shop, Racer Motors, in which Speed's younger brother, Spritel, played by Polly Litt, his pet, uh, Chimp, Chimp Chimp, and mechanic, Sparky, played by Kick Gurry, are also involved in this business. It's interesting because, you know, he when he was Spritel's age, that's when, you know, Rex was like his age. Mm -hmm. And so why, why do they keep having, putting such big gaps in between all their children? <laughs> also, I feel like Spritel, at least with Rex and Speed, they kind of look like they're related. Spritel doesn't look like he's related to Speed at all. I think maybe the, the first two boys got mom's jeans and Spritel got pop's jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Spritel does look like he would more closely like resemble John man. Goodman though. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think about Trixie? Trixie is played by Christina Ritchie, and that is uh, Speed's girlfriend. I loved her in it. I mean, she definitely, she definitely played up the anime characterness of it. You know what I mean? Like she, mm -hmm. I, I've always, I've always been a fan of hers. I liked her in various different things that she's done, and so I think she has uh, a lot of talent and everything. So I really enjoyed her character in this too. I wouldn't say that she's like my favorite actress or like the best actress or anything like that, but I felt like her style of acting worked really well for this movie. She passed the vibe check, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Trixie, uh, she often flies around in like a helicopter. That's usually like her signature thing. And I think that was taken from the anime as well. But unlike most female characters in cartoons at that time, Trixie is not portrayed as a helpless perpetual victim, which is actually kind of interesting. So she has proven herself the equal of speed several times in this movie mm -hmm. like even when they're forced into physical altercations dude she kicks ass yeah that's true which is awesome actually everyone kind of kicks ass except for sparky i know poor sparky <laughs> he's kind of lame <laughs> i know i was thinking that that probably came from the anime or something too because yeah i mean he very very much could not fight 
So yeah, growing up, uh, as mentioned, um, Speed idolized his his older brother, Rex Racer. You know, Rex was already an accomplished racer himself and speed was like i want to be just like him you know like that's my hero he kind of uh, set the bar pretty high and um the expectations were also high for speed but i don't know it's i think that's kind of what allowed him to be able to grow and become such a, a great racer himself he would uh you know pick speed up from school and then um you know speed would be like oh you're going to the track take me with, <laughs> with you and he's like okay but you can't tell pops you know kind of thing and then, you know, the other times, like, it would show a flashback where I guess he would he got in a crash or something like that. And he came back, like, all banged up. and He was in good spirits, though. Yeah, but he was all excited. <laughs> and, and so I think, yeah, I think it was mostly Rex kind of. I mean, it was just in his blood. But Rex was the only one kind of encouraging it, at least when he was that little. Rex, unfortunately, he was killed while racing in the infamous Casa Cristo 5000, which is a, a deadly cross-country rally race. So uh, I guess it's not known for having the best reputation. And uh, for whatever reason, Rex felt that he needed to participate in the race. He was being being very cryptic with a lot of the stuff that he would tell Speed because he would say, you know, there's one day people are going to say things about me and I just want you to, to know that none of it's true. Don't ever believe them type of thing. Yeah, he was just kind of I mean, he wasn't in a place where he could, you know, fix it or maybe, the, you know, like the world just wasn't in the right place yet. Or right. the corporations weren't in the right place yet or whatever. But I think it's interesting the way that they, they show that history because at the beginning, you know, it shows speed in a race driving very, very fast. And they mentioned that he might actually beat the record, which was set by his brother. And so hmm. then it shows kind of like a phantom car driving in front of him and he's chasing that. And that's supposed to be like the ghost of Rex kind of thing mm -hmm. um, or the memory of Rex. So how how do you feel about him almost beating Rex's record? Because I almost feel like it's kind of cool to leave that legacy there. You know, it's like Rex is still on the board as the uh, the quickest racer for this course or whatever. He definitely he definitely could have easily done it, and he knows that. But he he's the one who slowed himself down at the very end and let the memory of Rex beat him. Right, uh, and I think that's his way of keeping him alive. Yeah, it's true, but also at the same time, playing devil's advocate. Rex wouldn't want you to limit your abilities, you know, like you should try to be the best that you can be. Yeah. It, Rex would definitely want him to smash his record and he would be proud of him, but speed doesn't want to do that. He, he doesn't want to, like I said, he wants to keep him alive that way, you know, keep his yeah. memory there. Keep, keep that record there. Keep his name up there. And in doing that, you kind of remain in your brother's shadow, right? Like you're never going to be able to step out from underneath that shadow. If you, if you just keep doing that. He's got to make a name for himself as well. Yeah. I was actually impressed with the way that the uh, Wachowskis managed to fit so many brief expositions in every single crack that they could, right? So within a span of like five minutes, they were able to cover so much backstory. Yeah, they, they definitely kept this movie going nonstop. I don't think it ever took a break. And actually, Andrew was saying that it was kind of hard to keep his eyes on it because it just moves so fast and the colors are so bright. Of course, that's what I love about it. So sure. Yeah, it is visually stunning. I will say mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. I remember just being blown away. I honestly don't even remember if I saw it in the theater. I don't think I ever did. I think I might have just seen it for the first time on my computer at school. Damn. On, on like a laptop. Yeah, on, even just on a little laptop screen, I was blown away. You know, imagine seeing it in the theater. I would have loved to have seen it in the theater. I wish I had. Also, because you guys were really into like films based off of mangas, so this would fit in that a same, comic. yeah, yeah, same trend. All of those. So yeah, that makes sense. So the CEO of the conglomerate Royalton Industries offers Speed an astoundingly luxurious lifestyle in exchange for signing to race exclusively with him, basically selling out, right? Yes. So you're sold to the devil? Yeah. You know, he was tempted, but Speed ultimately declines because his father's distrust of power-hungry corporations. You know what the weird thing is? Is that when he shows up, you know, he's he's kind of trying to be like the nice guy and he's all oh smiles God, and he, so he brings jacked. gifts, praising the, was it waffles or pancakes or whatever? Pancakes and there's planes all just chilling in the street right outside. And it's like basically in their lawn. He's just so he's, I know he's showing off and he's also kissing ass so hard. Mm -hmm. What I thought was interesting about it was that 
you know, this is a well-known company, Royalton Industries. I bet every fucking racer knows who they are. And the, you know, Speed's family were basically like, oh, hey, uh, who are you? Like, right. you're not going to know who the hell this guy is? I mean, maybe they didn't know who the CEO was. I'm sure, sure they heard of, you know, Royalton or whatever, but maybe they didn't exactly know his face. Like, I don't, I can't think of any CEOs for any company, you know? I guess, I don't know. Maybe I was assuming it would be like Apple or Microsoft or something. Like, everyone knows the top dogs over there. I guess, but, and you know. If it was just like some other company, like like Bank of America, I don't know who the CEO of Bank of America is. Well, you need to educate yourself. What have you been teaching yourself and your kids? I know. I'm behind. <laughs> what did you think of Royalton Industries, like the headquarters? He's like, you introduced me to your family. Now I want to introduce you to my family, which is basically his headquarters and who everyone who works for him. It is impressive and all that you know like for someone you know who likes nice pretty shiny new things all that stuff was impressive but i totally understand why they wouldn't want to you know sell out and join that because then they're tied to it you know they probably have to sign a contract and they're obligated and you know if they ever breach that then they'll get the pantsuit off of them and it's you know something like that is tempting but also might not be worth it he was fully expecting a yes, you know, I'll go ahead and sign the yeah. contract. And so that's why he gets so fucking pissed later. But before I, I get know. into that, I really quick, why the hell was the headquarters a damn Willy Wonka factory? Right? Like that's all that was the vibe I was getting when he was showing off everything. That's true. Is that is that all his company is about is just training racers? I mean, what is Royalton Industries? apparently yeah it's it's just all about racing and winning all the time they pay to win essentially because they have all the best equipment oh, all they the have best the, drivers the um foundries for the was it the engine thing the transponder yeah the transponder foundries maybe that's what his corporation is about they just win by default because no one else literally can compete because their cars are always the quickest and is it just me or did royalton have a really punchable face oh yeah I'm sure they did that on purpose. He actually reminds me of like a bootleg Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I didn't mention either. Royalton is played by Roger Alum. Alum, Alum, um, and he <laughs> he totally does a 180, and he totally becomes a different person. He, he uh, is pretty intimidating, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know, like, what did he think that was going to accomplish? Like, Speed's going to be like, oh, never mind, I will join you. Like, that's just going to, you know, make him feel stronger in his decision, dumbass. Mm -hmm. For the next race, which I think was Fiji, no, Fuji, right? Yeah. So he, he does that, but, you know, Royalton, he has some of his drivers actually play a little dirty, and they purposely crash into the Mach 5 and cause Speed to not even finish the race. When he's all threatening him, like when he does his 180 and starts threatening him, he's like, you're never going to cross another finish line. And I'm going to, you're, you're going to suddenly find yourself in a bunch of legal battles and this and that. Mm -hmm. And so they, that's what they actually find starts happening to them because Royalton is, you know, pulling his strings and making them, making their lives hell just out of spite, which is fucked up. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Like they're straight up like just strong arming this little family business and attempting to drown them in legal expenses. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty messed up, but then they are confronted. He gets approached by the inspector detector, inspector detector. Is that his yeah, name? That's his name. It's proper noun. Yeah. Inspector detector, which is a stupid ass name. It definitely sounds anime. Well, I mean, speed racer, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like they're all pretty dumb. But like, why does it rhyme? <laughs> so he gets, oh God, he gets, he gets uh, approached by Inspector Detector, who is the head oh, of, that name sucks. I can't say it seriously, Anna, <laughs> the head of the Corporate Crimes Division of the Central Intelligence Bureau. So they, they start hatching a plot, basically, right, to get back at Royalton. It's actually pretty cool because Inspector Detector already he he already has like this whole plan Ooh. underway. <laughs> Inspector Detector, <laughs> damn you! <laughs> so he already has this plan under underway, right? And so he uh -huh. 
actually wants to um, have Speed join him and help him out with that. Yeah, it would help them succeed because he's very strong in his skills. So um, there is this other, what is another corporation, right? The, yeah, the it Togacon. is. Togacon, yeah. Yeah, so what what do they call him in the movie? They pronounce it so wrong and I always forget how. It's Tejo. Okay, Tejo, okay. Yeah. Um, it's a weird name. Played by Korean pop star Rain, I might add. Yeah, that's true. Um, famous dude, if you've never heard of him. <laughs> so Tejo Togacon is the son of the head of Togacon. I'm sure his name is what Pops Togacon, right? Pops Togacon, and, uh... <laughs> yeah. Very Japanese. <laughs> I know. And uh, you know, him and his sister are like in on this whole plot or whatever. So it's like Togacon and what's his name? In the inspector <laughs> yeah the inspector detective god damn it <laughs> so racer x i guess racer x is is this other this other this mysterious masked racer nobody knows his identity and people are kind of scared of him it seems yeah what, what's his nickname he has a moniker oh do you remember i don't remember the harbinger of boom oh that's right which is actually a pretty pretty cool name it's, yeah it's 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 cool and dumb at the same time <laughs> it might be one of the cooler aspects of the entire movie <laughs> <laughs> well basically togacon supposedly has evidence that could indict royalton but will only dish that stuff up if they if uh you know speed agrees to help him win this race because and this is where it gets like a little corporate-y and I and I start kind of glossing over when they're explaining it right mm. but it's something along the lines of Togacon has one of the transponder foundries and Royalton is trying to buy them all up right he wants to monopolize yeah and so they're saying that if they won this race then Togacon's stock would rise so much that it would make a buyout impossible because it would be too expensive for him you know help me win this race make this buyout not happen and i will give you this information oh so he's doing a um a hostile takeover over togacon as well yeah because freaking it's royalton so that's how i understood it i think if i'm right uh i hope yeah whatever anyway that sounds about right <laughs> so casa, casa cristo which seems to be someplace like it seems like a little bit like a morocco-y kind of hmm like north africa yeah yeah exactly and then they start driving in the desert and stuff so that could be you know like another part you know part of the sahara or something like that so sure you know they never say where it is but that's kind of how i imagine that that area and it looks very beautiful i mean morocco is definitely a place that I'm, i would like to visit one day so it's got like that middle eastern flair to it too yeah it's it's it's, it's great um and of course everything in this movie is beautiful anyway so hmm. wherever you are also another thing that i realized with the anime is that speed looks very androgynous which i wonder why they decided to make him that way i think that might have just been like a 60s art style kind of oh, thing i think so the little neck scarf thing yeah. that's that, that was just you know a back then thing that was just totally necessary i think when people you know people would drive the old the older convertibles you know, it doesn't have like a proper windshield that covers everything. And people are riding, wearing like riding goggles and a neck scarf. You know, Michael actually wears that to work. So it's a thing. A neck All scarf? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> cool. Um, so it's funny that you bring that up because that's the exact outfit that Speed walks into Casa Cristo with. Yeah. <laughs> right like he has the red neck scarf and like the like light blue shirt and everything white pants yeah all right as you were casa Cristo, which is like <laughs> i think it might in my opinion it might be the best part of the movie this is fucking dope so yeah so this will actually like the final race personally but um i mean it's, it's super over the top but it, it all is right it all is and it, you know, I kind of it it reminds me of like a racing video game. For Andrew, he was telling me that it, it reminded him of just literally like toys, like Hot Wheels toys. Like anytime the camera is zoomed out and you just see kind of the cars all racing together, it reminded mm -hmm. him of Hot Wheels. But mm -hmm. I was like, to me, it reminded me of 
video game, like racing video, like Mario cars, you know, with the crazy tracks and sure. Yeah. Obviously the, not the same cars as Mario Kart, but maybe like, you know, another, another racing game with the crazy tracks of Mario Kart. Uh, but Casa Cristo is not a track race. It's a cross country race out there in the environment and, you know, on the roads and stuff and don't even have roads. It's just dirt. Yeah. Well, parts of it. Right. But it, it takes two days. And so they race for a while and then they all stop and then they pick it back up the next day. So, uh, they, they, they race and I think they come in, they come in like second or something, don't they? Oh, so speed also he, because his, the Mach five typically only has jump jacks. So he actually gets an upgrade to his right. Mach five, yeah. like defensive modifications. They're a bunch of like psychotic people in this race and they're all trying to kill him. Yeah. So like everyone has all these crazy mods on their cars with blades and knives and maces and beehives <laughs> like those vikings and, and it, you know it goes through <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> beehive that's so random and so it goes through a little a little uh a little montage of all these racers getting bought out with things that they love so you know the the, the like those women they get bought out with diamonds or whatever and then money for the the snake dudes and then the viking people they give them like a big old chest full of furs and they're all just eating their their turkey legs and stuff and, and then they're still like it. all greasy with the with the food in their mouths and they're just all like rubbing the furs on their greasy faces and Ugh. yeah it's disgusting <laughs> oh um it's also important to note that speed never asked for permission to go into casa Cristo because he knows that his family oh, yeah. would have been totally against it so he he basically just leaves and like doesn't tell him where he's going and he well he tell no he tells him that he's going skiing with trixie yeah, she, oh, she totally right. blackmails him, and and so she goes along. Looks like we're going skiing. I at some point, Spritel's trying to watch this race on TV, and I don't think he knows that Speed's going to be there. But you know, he's trying to sneak in and watch it, and his dad's like, "No," because this is the race where his brother died. Yeah, so the second half it, it takes place in like icy mountains, and that's where Rex died. Yeah, that's where Rex died. So this, so this race is you know, dead to the family, basically. It's off limits. Right. So Spritel's trying to sneak and watch it. His dad's like, no. And so then his dad eventually is like, yo, I need to go into town for some parts. You know, I'll be back. And then he leaves and Spritel runs into the house and turns it on the TV. And then he like loses a remote or something right then and there. And so Pops comes back for, like he forgot something or whatever. Spritel's like trying to find the remote. And he's like, oh, 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 and he can't find it. And Pops <laughs> is like, what are you like freaking out? What are you watching? And he's like, wait, but before he, like, I think that's when he realized that speed, speed was there. Then who's driving the Mach 5? Exactly. You know, don't try and distract me, you know, speed skiing. And then he's like, well, if speed's not there, then who's driving the Mach 5? Oh, shit. The reason why I think that Casa Cristo 5000 is my favorite part of the movie is because I, it's so stylized. It's zany. It's fucking wacky. And it perfectly showcases the anime influences in this part of the movie and yeah. also i i feel like it, it it even has like mad max vibes to it which is kind of cool <laughs> yeah that's true you know like some desert racing destroy each other car battles yeah it's definitely it's the most out there but i think for me i like the the grand prix because oh. of the all the excitement and this is the final race and and all the emotions are high and everyone's free all the announcers are freaking out and we'll get there mm. anyway I will say too, I think that this is kind of up there with the opening race in Ready Player One. And I think for me, it might actually top it. Yeah. Ready Player One had a lot of potential, but it's I, I just felt like it wasn't executed that well. But that race, that race was not in the book, and that race was pretty cool. Sort of. Well, we won't get into Ready Player One. That That's a whole other podcast. We'll have to do that one sometime, I guess, because I've read the book actually a couple times. And I have opinions on the movie and the differences between the movie and the book, but we'll definitely, we, we should get into that one of these days. I, what I really liked about the Casa Cristo are the fight scenes, not even the race. I mean, I like the racing obviously, but I really like, so you know how they have the break in between the two days, right? So they're all at the hotel oh, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Speed's sure. family shows up, right? Right, right. And Speed's just like eating dinner with Trixie. It's a nice night. And then, you know, there's a knock on the door and they're like, uh, do you know these people? And he looks around the corner and it's his entire family. 
<laughs> basically, you know, of course they they argue a little bit, and then at the end they're like, "Well, if you're staying, we're staying." So they all settle in for the night, and then the ninjas show up. That sounds ridiculous saying it out loud. Like, oh, they just they're just all going to bed, and then the ninjas show up. So it's not it's not even just like a generic assassin. You just have ninjas carry out your assassinations ninjas and so it's interesting because they get to togacon and they like have the string that they string down right over his mouth drip some poison into his mouth right whatever they said it was as a chemist i should know this um and then they have a syringe that they're going to inject uh racer x with but then all of a sudden he's up and he like he heard them or wasn't asleep or whatever but like you know they start fighting him and the ninja mm-hmm. and of course he has he gets like some scarf thing and he wraps it around his face because he doesn't even want the ninjas knowing his identity it was pretty cool i, I like how they did it because they they want to prolong the reveal so they kept him in the shadows while he was fighting so you can only kind of see like his torso and and stuff like that and then yeah. when before he steps out into the the moonlight he like wraps that shirt or whatever around his mouth yeah it's like a scarf thing i think so so then they're fighting right and then of course there's a ninja that comes in and oh no he he had the syringe and he was trying to inject uh speed but right when he's about to inject him spritel wakes up (laughs) and he sees him like hovering over speed with a syringe and he starts screaming attack (laughs) so they they get up and they start fighting speed fights all right but i don't get the 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 sense that he that's like his main thing so he's eh, like he's just kind of defending himself right and then pops comes in and it shows and it shows his ring and it says something like you know like champion wrestling or whatever like is yeah. like a class ring for wrestling he's like a collegiate wrestler he he starts wailing on this ninja just taking him out right Whip, whipping him through the air spinning him and throwing him and very anime like because he's like super strong right it's 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 hilarious i think it's funny and I, oh and then and then racer x he ends up throwing his ninja against a wall like between the couch and the wall and then he shoves the couch against the wall and it like snaps his legs up and you hear the bones crack and he's just like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think I, of racer x like i actually thought he did a pretty damn good job you know like with the martial arts and like trying yeah. to look badass it didn't look corny or anything like that. The, the interesting, the guy that played Rex, side note, he looks so familiar to me. And I finally looked him up and um, he's he's the mayor in Ginny and Georgia. So for anybody out there that watches that show. I have no idea what that is. I know it's a, sh- it's a Netflix show that's that's a drama, but it's pretty good. So, you know, they, they end up... Race 2? Togacon, yeah, Race 2. Togacon is drugged up. He can hardly even stand. And so basically they're like, what are we going to do? And they end up putting Trixie in to race. This was a cool swerve. Yeah. So they, they put Trixie in there and they set up a rendezvous point where it's like a dead spot for the cameras. And so that they can switch, uh, switch Togacon back in because by then the, the poison should have gone through his system. Well, they also, they do a couple swerves at the same time because I think they try to ambush Togacon's sister, right? And it ends up being oh, yeah, him in disguise. Togacon, yeah, dressed in in her clothes. So that worked out well. But when they stopped, when they stop at the rendezvous point to switch out, uh, it turns out that I think Royalton sent some of his guys. Who is that guy with the piranhas? Is that just like Royalton's like mob? It's it's like his. He carries out his dirty work kind of guy. I forgot what his name was. It he had like an actual legit name, but he's like the head of the mob portion right. of it. Right. So he sends so he sends that crew basically and they ambush this rendezvous. And this is actually my favorite fight scene. Oh, really? Yes, and for one reason and one reason only, because of the way that they use the snow as motion lines. Oh, that is cool. That yeah. is very cool. Awesome visual effects all throughout this movie. Yeah, they they do some some crazy stuff. But yeah, I really like how they use the snow for as motion lines as they as they fought. They're almost like punching through the snow as well. Yeah, and so it's just I just thought it was a really cool effect, a really cool like kind of comic book effect that they translated into the film, and especially the oh, fact yeah. that instead of just having like some motion lines just appear, they use the snow to be the motion lines. So I really I really like yeah. that. I thought it was really cool. 
it darts back and forth between each fight because everyone is kind of paired up with someone different. So it's just like right, and they're like cycling through. Sparky, of course. Poor guy. <laughs> Sparky is just <laughs> in his ass kick. Um, yeah. I, I got that guy's name. So the gang leader guy, his name is Cruncher Block. That's not a real name. You said it was a legit name. A unique, you know, not just like a uh, driver one or like a gang oh, leader right. guy. You know, like he actually has like yeah, a name. Yeah, that's about as good as Inspector Detector. Yeah. so anyway i digress um <laughs> so race two back to race two <laughs> i know so the, so they so they kick those guys asses and it's, it's no big deal they get back to the race right there's just a fun fight scene i don't think it really accomplished anything story-wise except uh making royalton even more mad it's interesting because i feel like after royalton has his like little 180 then the rest of his lines through the whole movie are just get him spitting while he's talking seriously <laughs> throwing over ice sculptures so unnecessary nothing worse than that yeah so <laughs> um so then they get you know they get to the part where he's driving through the tunnel where his brother died and Ooh, so he has shit. to like yeah he has to face that and he gets through it you know when he's going through his ron when they're when they're going through the rendezvous eventually the other cars kind of catch up and so you know they they disappear and then when they come back like there's a whole other team in the front and you know all the announcers are like oh well what happened to team togacon like what what's going on they They were they were they were in 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 first place and now they're not right that tunnel it, it was dangerous because uh was a snake oil or whatever his signature thing is like putting out oil right behind the, the car and so he does that right as they're about to exit the tunnel he hits that oil and speed just goes right over the edge and he's fucked right yeah he's not getting out of this alive and yet somehow he does by you know shoving off from one side of a cliff and then driving up the other side of the cliff this was that pretty makes awesome no unless you see it yeah uh, but then he also he he also is able to like he ends up coming back in front of everybody because he takes a shortcut. Everyone has to drive around, and he just gaps the two like the peak or the valley, I should say, between the uh, mountains. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and even does like that slow mo, you know, when he jump jacks across. And I was like, yeah. hell yeah, let's go! So like physically impossible, but fun. So, um, they kill Snake Oiler too at some point. Right. He gets desperate and he starts like pulling out a gun and tries to shoot him. He's like trying to bully speed and so you know, like horizontally on like a hillside, uses his jump jacks to push off Snake Oiler and he's out of the race now. No one left to stand in their way. They end up winning and as a result, I guess they get an invite to the Grand Prix, but besides that Only one invite. I think it's just apparently. one, yeah. So it's gonna yeah. go to TogaCon apparently. But besides that, they find out that, you know, that whole um their agreement yeah their agreement was all um fake it was a sham after all yeah because it turns out that toga Khan, they knew that rolton was going to buy anyway even if the price was up and so they were just trying to drive the price up on purpose so that they can make more of a profit so they're still gonna sell out damn that's shady so, yeah they still they still rolton still ended up getting the foundry and they just sold out just got a bunch of money and then on top of that togacon was like not even planning to race in the grand prix i think the reason why togacon got it was because he was technically number one he finishes before speed oh was he okay i thought he was just kind of like the leader of their team i think he crossed first and so technically he gets it and then whoever wins the casa cristo ends up getting like a, a free ticket into the grand prix but yeah, Togacon's like, I'm fucking retiring. I'm I'm sitting pretty, you know. My family yeah. just sold out, so we're gonna be swimming in cash. Also, at the end of the race, he does that stylish, like kind of like fly out of the car, doesn't he? Oh yeah. The reason why I bring it up is because if you look at the intro to the anime, that's actually seen from the intro. It was pretty cool. I like that that ode little, to the yeah. source material. That was cool. Um but then when he finds out, like when when Speed finds out that the whole thing was a scam anyway, was it a sham rather anyway, mm-hmm. um, he ends up going to the track to blow off some steam. Racer X follow well, not even follows him, but finds him there. And they end up having a conversation where 
Speed confesses that he thinks that Racer X is actually his brother Rex. Did you think that as well? I think they kind of wanted the audience to think that. I, you know, it's hard to remember because it was so long ago that I saw that movie at first. And obviously after after the first time and you know what's going on, then you know what's going on. But usually, I mean, to be honest, usually I don't pick up on those kinds of things. So I could see myself like at the end being like, oh, my goodness, you know, but, uh, you know, but speed is like, you know, you knew all my moves and, 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 you know, I could follow all your moves. Like they, they drove together really well. And, you know, even knew where I was going to be when I was upset because this is where Rex used to always take me. Right. And, you know, things like that. And then, you know, he takes off his mask. You know, everybody can see that it's clearly not Rex. Yeah, Speed's like, oh, put it back on. <laughs> and Speed's like, oh, it's not you. And Racer X is like, sorry, your brother really is dead. Racer X played by Matthew Fox, as we now know. So he was the one that was doing all the cool fight moves. Yes. <laughs> or his stuntman. The only other thing I know him from is Lost. So, you know, this was actually a pretty cool gig for him. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. And if I did, I didn't recognize him. Speed goes home and decides, what is he like deciding he needs? Yeah, he decides he needs to leave too. Really quick shout out to the costume designers because I felt like Speed's, Trixie's, and Racer X's costumes all looked on point. I know, they were so good. Togacon's sister comes over. What's her face? Haruko or something? Yeah, Horuko. Horuko? Played by Yu Nan. Uh, she comes over and she's basically like, what he did to, what Tejo, what is it, Tejo? What Tejo did to you was wrong. And here's the invitation to the Grand Prix. Oh, shit. The other thing that we totally forgot to mention is that Royalton reveals to Speed that the races are rigged. Mm. And Speed reveals that to Pops right now, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, Horuko comes over. And it's like, you know, here's the, you know, my brother's not even going to enter the race anyway. Here's the invitation to the Grand Prix. Show them. Show them all, you know? Because mm-hmm. she knows too. And, you know, she she knows that speed, if anyone's going to challenge that, it's going to be speed. So she gives yeah. them the invitation and it's, just, and it's just like, blow them all away, you know? Prove them wrong. So Pops is like, Oh, you know, what did Royalton say that his fa- fancy factory, how how quick his fancy factory can make a car? And Sparta mm-hmm. was like, 36 hours. And Pops is like, we'll make it in 32. Challenge The accepting. entire family, you know, bands together and spends the next couple days working nonstop. This is cool because this is now powered by a rare Bernoulli Convergenator, which I guess is Whatever supposed to be that an alternative to the also rare and now exclusive Royalton Industries Transponder. Yeah. What the hell? What is a Convergenator? Is that even a real word or did they make that shit up? <laughs> it is totally not a real word. What the fuck is I that? Know. That's like, what was it? Um, I can't remember which movie it was, but like the, the rare whatever movie was like Unobtainium. Oh, yeah. Um, Avatar, I think. Unobtainium? Anyway. Um, the Grand Prix. The Grand Prix. You know, Horiko is all like, I, you know, I looked over the rules. As long as you have this invitation, they they can't turn you away. So they show up, and of course they're trying to turn them away. But sure enough, you know, they they scour the rules and they find that they can't turn them away. So they add him to the list as the fortieth racer, and Royalton sees it and loses his shit. Mm-hmm. He's getting desperate now. He is. And so he literally, right then and there, puts a, a million dollar bounty for anyone who takes him out before or during the race. Like, the, he was literally mm-hmm. like, I don't even want him to leave the locker room. And as a contingency plan, he uh, has his his uh, head racer, Jack Taylor. He gives him the spear hook. The spear hook. And Jack almost is almost insulted. He's just like... Pfft. I'm going to beat this fool on my own. And uh, yeah. And apparently the spear hook is like super illegal. Right. Yeah. Very frowned upon. The race begins and it's essentially speed versus damn near everyone else because of that bounty. Oh yeah. And I forgot inspector detector was totally involved. 
Um, I just wanted to the mention inspector. that because I wanted to say Inspector Detector. So <laughs> the, the race begins. I hate you so and... much. <laughs> race begins. <laughs> and immediately they're they're like on his ass. They're trying to stall him. Um, what what ha- what exactly happens? Like he he gets like they like box him in. Yeah, yeah. Like the person in front of him just slams on his brakes, so he like slams into the back of him, and yeah, someone and then goes up like, behind him. Yeah, and but he's able to to jump out of the way, and they blow each other up, and then he drives off. Right. Mm-hmm. He quickly catches up to the rest of the racers eventually catches up to cannonball who is royalton's guy yeah he's like the seasoned veteran and also dangerous racer too of course he you know they're they're going back and forth for a while it's pretty evident that speed's gonna win and so cannonball gets desperate and actually deploys the spear hook that bastard and so those two are just connected to each other Um, oh i did love the scene where you know, there's that part of the 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 track that's like a dead drop, mm. and that other car, like he, you know, he's fighting with another car, and that that car basically like explodes right before mm-hmm. they go over the drop, right? And so he's like going down this drop, like dodging the pieces of the car and jumping out that of the was way cool. and rolling out of the way, and yeah, I really like that. That that, that was, was cool, and I also like the way the style of racing done here because you kind of get a hint of it at the very beginning, but now everything's on full display. And so the car, you see the fact that like these cars are capable of doing like 360 spins and they're like grinding and stuff on the, on the edge of the course and everything. Like, I don't know. I just, it was, it was over the top, but I mean, that's what the whole show was anyway. So, so speedhack, right? And anyone that doesn't know what a spear hook is, it's essentially a like a little like grappling hook or like a claw that sticks out from the side of the car underneath the car next to you, and it just holds onto them, and they can't get in front of you or anything, and you can kind of yeah, you're just whip stuck them around and control them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cannibal deploys that thing, and every like most people, you know, anyone who has any experience can see. Oh, you know, he's used the spear hook, and Spartle's like, he's using the spear hook, and yep. You know, Speed realizes, oh, there's cameras everywhere there's cameras all along this track so he picks a perfect moment and jumps his ass that sounds wrong so he jumps and since they're stuck together they both jump together and he Mm -hmm. exposes the underside of their car showing the spear hook but also in doing that kind of whips him around and it like breaks the spear hook so he so cannonball like flies off and the spear hooks just kind of like lying there for everyone to see and Everyone's like, oh, a spear hook. It works out pretty well because Cannonball's car gets trashed, but also at the same time, the Mach 6 becomes inoperable. Yeah, so he, he's like stalled out, right? And this is great because something at the beginning was like Rex was like teaching him how to like feel the car and feel what it needs. Pops is in the audience with Spritle and they're like, you know, this is this and this and this is what's wrong. And if he pops it into fifth gear... Uh, like basically, like if he puts it in a fifth gear, pops the clutch, it'll it, it'll reignite the engine. And mom is, you know, his mom's like, does he know that? And pops make a face like, eh. mm. and he's like, was well, was Sparky know that? Eh. So nobody knows that. But then Speed's sitting there doing the thing where he's he's he, he's avataring the car. Yeah. He's like, what do you need? Tell baby? me what you need. Let me give it to you right. He's, uh, he's he's freaking the steering wheel a little bit. So he, <laughs> as much as we make fun of it, it was cool. And and so he's able to get the car going and he takes off and catches up to everybody who passed him up and eventually wins the race, which is, he does this thing where he kind of like spirals past the finish line and then the, the red and white checker becomes a tunnel that he's going through. But that's probably how mm. he sees it because he's kind of spiraling, right? It was cool. It's from his perspective, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's that's cool. I was kind of getting dizzy too. Little kaleidoscope. Uh, yeah, and then he and you know, and then he wins, and Royalton is exposed, and Cannonball is exposed, and everyone they're they're all just exposed, and not in that way. They're fully clothed, right? And then and Togacon gives him that disappointed head shake after the break in the ice, because it's like seriously, yeah. what did the ice sculpture do to him? You know, I know. That's so rude. I'm sure that's what the disappointed head shake was about. Breaking <laughs> the ice sculpture. Uh, yeah. So 
Royalton ends up going to jail. I totally said that like Anna says it. You're going to jail. <laughs> That's how she says it. Yeah. Jail. Throws that twang in there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, he, he wins the trophy and he gets to drink the milk, wherever that comes from. And he promised Trixie that, you know, he was going to make a big show of kissing her after making that big win. And so he totally does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole family goes up there and celebrates that victory. Togacon Jr. testifies against Royalton. I think after seeing all of that hard work that Speed was putting in, he's just, I think he started seeing like the error in his ways and he was just like, yeah, that was kind of a shady ass move. He was just thinking yeah, about himself, it, but. Yeah, he definitely seemed on their side. Like at the end when he wins, like him and his sister are kind of like, yeah, together, you know his reaction to speed winning was definitely noteworthy because he kind of, I think he was proud of him. You know, he like actually pulled through. Yeah. It was cute. He's like the son of a bitch did it. Good for him. Yeah. Speed's like in disbelief. As soon as he wins the race, he's just kind of sitting there panting. Imagine that adrenaline dump after racing like that. I would have just fallen asleep in the car and I would have been like, you won. And I would have been like, (laughs) yeah. Imagine the focus you need to have to be able to do a race like that. Yeah. I did feel like the final part of the race was very rushed, though, because it seemed a little anticlimactic taking out the bad guy before the end. Everything looked so cool, though. Even that, like, zebra static image thing that looked like it was running when they're driving past. That was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Pretty slick. Racer X, not in his uniform or his uh, outfit or anything. He was just watching in a tux. Inspector Director, dete- Director, Inspector Detector. <laughs> Who the hell's this new guy? <laughs> Inspector <No>! Director. <laughs> it's his dad. Inspector Detector walks up and is like, "My guy, my men are taking the family down. Would you like to go?" And he's like, "Nah." But you're like, "What? What do you mean? Why does he want to go down? Why does he want him to go down with the family?" Hmm. Hmm. And then something's up. In- Inspector Detector asks them, do you regret not telling not telling them the truth? It, and it shows hit a little bit. It shows his history. And so you see <gasps> Rex. He's far away from his car and he sets off a detonator that blows up his car in that icy tunnel path, path thing. And uh, he goes off and he gets a surgery to change his face and then assumes the ident- identity of Racer X. And you find out... <gasps> It really was Rex. Damn, a twist within a twist. Uh, he said, "I think he asked. He asked, oh, like, do you do you ever think it was a mistake or whatever?'" And then at the after it shows, you know, everything he went through, he's like, "If it was a mistake, it's one I'm gonna have to live with." That reveal definitely caught me off guard. That was kind of like a "oh shit" moment for me when I it first really saw the movie. It really was him. Now the question is, was he better looking before or after? Before. No love for for fox no he's still good looking too but i just think the other dude is more good looking personal opinion you know that was a pretty uh trippy ending though for sure and a trippy reveal right it was pretty much a happy ending the racer yeah, family the ending, they do their celebration the kiss with a, Trixie. Very, yeah it's an optimistic ending you know it's exactly the kind of ending that i like so another reason that i really like this movie uh, and again, you know, even though it's it seems kind of like a a kid movie, I I still you know I still kind of argue that it's still an adult movie, even though it feeds into that nostalgia, and that's okay. I really enjoyed it. Nostalgia for the anime, or well, just for I just I think just for you know you know your your younger days. Oh sure, yeah. So yeah, I, like I said, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the visuals. I really enjoyed the the calls to its you know manga and comic origins and oh yeah you know the visuals the colors the action the you know the pacing even some might argue that the pacing was a little fast but i thought it was very fast but it was effective exactly it was engaging to me it kept me it kept me engaged this is a movie about going fast and so the movie itself goes fast yeah with that said, that is a wrap on Speed Wait, aren't I supposed to do this part? That is a wrap on Speed Racer. If you made it this far, you get 
I don't know what we're going to say that they're going to get. Is it a good one or a bad one this time? I guess good. Yeah. If you made it to the end of our episode, then you just underwent facial reconstructive surgery. Oh, dang. I was going to say, then you get a, you get a, a training session at Royalton Industries. Hey, two for one special. There you go. Any final thoughts or closing comments on Speed Racer? Dang, I feel like that was like 15 years ago, this movie, wasn't it? Was it this really? This year. Jeez, yeah. yeah. That makes me feel old because I was a full grown adult when I saw this movie, when this movie came out. It's funny because uh, I have a I have a coworker that has become a good friend and he's a full 10 years younger than me. And so it's always interesting to think like, oh, man, when I was in college, this dude was 10. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're still in grade school, age is definitely a huge deal. Yeah. But I feel like once you're in your 20s and beyond, like it's oh yeah, it's not really that big of a difference. You it know? is. It's interesting because obviously the age doesn't matter now. We get along great now, right? Yeah. But when I think back to like, well, like when we talk about you know something like in my past or something like that, usually either he was a child or he wasn't even born. Yeah. <laughs> so the speed racer anime and and manga obviously way before our time, right? Yeah. And because of that, neither of us really got into that. But I yeah. love the way that the Wachowskis just brought the animation to life, like real life, you know, while still keeping a ton of zaniness as well. Yeah, I think they did a good job translating it and keeping that spirit that you know, that entire aesthetic, I guess, not to mention, the film is a visual orgasm, right? Which some people can handle and some people can't, I guess, because as I mentioned, it seemed like Andrew had a little bit of trouble with it. Yeah, I'm calling you out here. I know you're going to hear this one of these days. Well, if you can't handle the orgasm, then get out of the bedroom. Because <laughs> he felt like because it was, you know, it was in 2008 by the Wachowskis. And so they're trying to kind of capture that Matrix uniqueness and didn't succeed as well as they did with the Matrix. Mm. Um I mean, sure, The Matrix was, you know, something of its own, which and it's definitely a classic, but I, I didn't think they failed with Speed Racer. Yeah, in comparison and in relation to The Matrix, then it was a failure. But and you know, like Matrix, they're entirely different genres, entirely different movies. Like The Matrix yeah. is is meant to have that cool edginess to it. And like Speed Racer doesn't need to be that. It's not trying to be that. Yeah. It's just trying to be fun and, and quirky and goofy. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, Andrew, you're not here to defend yourself, but we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> not saying that he didn't like it. He loves this movie. He likes the movie, but I think he just doesn't, I don't know, quite feel the same way that I do about it, which is fine. And my opinion about Emil Hirsch for this movie was I thought he was great casting as Speed Racer. I agree. I, I thought the all the casting was great. Um, you know, John Goodman always kills it at whatever he does. and. Mm -hmm. Well, specifically because Speed is a unique looking character. You know, I was saying he's a little androgynous earlier, but he, like he has this boyish baby face to him. Yeah, and I think yeah. Emil also had that. I agree. And he emotes well, too. Mm -hmm. I feel like he was, you know, relatively unknown back then, too. So they did a, a great job casting him. I don't really have like much else to say other than I felt like Speed Racer had everything I would expect from a true-to-form live-action anime adaption. It was extremely campy, over-the-top action, far-fetched storyline, uh, doesn't overstay its welcome, and yeah. then it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, definitely. And most importantly, it was it was just fun. It was a wild ride. I agree. I'm glad that we, have, we both have positive views on this one. Are you watching anything lately, film or TV? I know you're going to shit on this one, but we actually went to the movies for once. And saw the Whoa. Marvels. Okay. So what'd you think? We actually both really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not going to be like some game changer, super dramatic Marvel movie. Like, it's just, it's fun. And I think that's, you know, it's supposed to be fun. Do you think it was one of the better Marvel movies lately? Yeah, actually I do. I, you know, I left, I left that one. I laughed a lot and I felt good leaving it. And so, and of course the, well, I mean, a lot of people like didn't like the movie, but 
have a lot to say about the end credit scene and the end credit scene was definitely a revelation. It's awesome. <laughs> and with that said, I will go ahead and close out. Yeah, I suppose that's a good idea considering that I'm literally <laughs> done. <laughs> you are done. All right. Affliction Isles is available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop on the first Saturday of each month, 5 a.m. Pacific. If you enjoy our content, give us a like, a thumbs up, and don't forget to subscribe. As always, thank you to listeners out there for joining Stephanie and I. This has been Affliction Isles Podcast, episode 34, Speed Racer. And we'll see you all at the next race. That's right. since high school and when i my diet went to shit and i was getting like zero exercise um man i packed on the pounds and it it's been a struggle since trying to keep that beer belly at bay yeah but you were never really i mean yeah you 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 got a little bit fluffy or whatever but you've never really been fat like maybe you're a little overweight but you've never been fat going by the bmi i'm technically morbidly obese <laughs> no you are not for my size i'm supposed to be i think 140 and i'm like 170 right now 175 and, it, and it's all muscle <laughs> no definitely not muscle maybe pizza <laughs> if that counts as muscle <laughs>